All right, everybody, welcome to New Life Church. How many of you guys are excited to be here today? Come on. Yeah. So am I. So am I. So welcome to week two of 2019. It's just going by so quick, isn't it? Right? You only have like, what, 50 weeks now to get all your stuff done. So you got to get on it. got to get on it. Uh, look, thank you guys so much, man, for being here. My name's Jeff. I want to welcome you here to our Carney campus. For those of you that are here with me, uh, as well as those who are worshiping with us live right now at our North Platte campus and everybody that's worshiping with us online. Thank you guys so much for putting God first this morning and uh, deciding that you're going to live your life focused on him and you're going to run after him with everything that you have. And uh, especially want to say thank you to moms and dads grandmothers and grandfathers, patriarchs of the family that are, you know, just spearheading the way, leading the way for the entire next generation to know Jesus and to know him well, right? So thank you guys so much for doing that. We're in week two of our current teaching series called Kingdom Builders. Now, very unique thing about Kingdom Builders. You had to be here week one to understand where I'm going to pick it up here in week two. So if you were not here week one, then look, I got, I got a solution for that. Go to mindyourlifechurch.com, click on our on-demand Right? And just like Netflix, you can watch last week's sermon. Um, it will be there for quite a while. But you're going to want to watch that this week if you haven't. Okay? As well as this, like if you're here today and you know you're going to miss next week, please go online. You don't want to miss a week because they each sequentially build on the next until this whole thing culminates on the last week of this month where we're going to call all of us to a very unique challenge. So week number two, let's get started with kind of an interesting concept. Things that just aren't meant to go together, right? Things that are just not meant to go together. Now in marriage, we're kind of told this faux pas, if you will, or the truth of many, many times, that opposites, opposites attract, right? Now there's other things that just aren't meant to go together. Like, let me give you an example of one. Let's put it on the screen. <clears throat> All right, oil and water. Oil and water, right? If you've ever tried to do that, they repel each other. They don't go together. Are you with me so far? These are the simple ones, people. So if you don't get these, the rest of this illustration you're not going to get. All right, let's try this next one. Square peg, round hole, all right? Doesn't go together unless you have a knife and a little bit of time, okay? And then you can make it work. Those are the easy ones. Now, there's the rest of you that are out there that you've got some things that you put together that I'm just going to say right now, they should never be together. Such as this, a pickle and peanut butter sandwich. That does not go together. All right? And if you're one of those people that you like that, I guess we still have to love you where you're at. But we don't have to like it. Um, all right. So, yeah, peanut butter can sustain you, right, for life. But if all you, all you eat is pickles, well, this is what I've heard you end up looking like one. So please, be careful. Be very careful. You don't want to end up looking like a pickle. Okay. So here's other things. Haagen-Dazs ice cream, no joke, right? Um, vegetables in it. Seriously, just because another country wants vegetables in their ice cream doesn't mean you have to ruin ice cream for the rest of us. All right? You see what I'm saying? Tomatoes. And is this a carrot? Oh, my word. That's just ridiculous. Doesn't go together. Here's another one. Doesn't go together. Cantaloupe Kit Kats. How many of you guys like cantaloupe? How many of you guys like Kit Kats? How many of you guys think that they should go together? Oh, really? A couple of you. Okay. All right. You guys are sick. We do have a medical person that's here today on staff every Sunday. If you want to go see him, go see one of our green tables. 
All right, there's some other ones. Nuts and gum together at last. <laughs> every time. <clears throat> every time. Every time I say nuts and gum together, I just like something, I have to choke something back every time. It's just, ugh. Okay, all right, let's keep going. Things that don't belong together. Those don't belong together. <laughs> I, I honestly don't even care what your, what your excuse is. We're just, I'm just going to run to get the mail. No, don't, no, no running. All right. I'm just going to go, no, don't do it. Don't do it. That is painful. That hurts me just to look at that. And you know what hurts you. Don't do it. There's people that love you that have told you, stop. <laughs> Follow their advice. Here's another thing. Doesn't go together. Actual fish with the, yeah. Isn't that disgusting? That brings a whole new meaning to stinky feet. I'll tell you that right now. One one last, someone's up here choking. Uh, one last one, things don't go together. <laughs> Mom on a Segway, pushing the kid in the stroller. That just doesn't go together, people. There's a lot of things, a lot of things that are maybe great by themselves, right? But they aren't meant to go together. Even Jesus, right? Even Jesus taught us there are some things that don't go together. And he came right out of the chute and he said this, look, I just want you to know, the love of money and the love of God, he says, those two things don't go together. They would never go together, they don't fit together, they don't work together. He said it this way in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter six, he says, no one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and you'll love the other, you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other, you cannot serve both God and money. Interesting fact here, uh, look at what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying to you and me that money and God are two examples of masters. A master is a supreme authority that gets a chance to reign and rule over you. No matter what they say, they have the authority, right? And you have to follow them. A master, like a slave. And he's saying this, that you can become a slave to in a healthy way or in a negative way, depending on who your master is. And the word, look, here's an interesting point. The word master um, in the Greek, right, it's the same word that correlates to the Hebrew word Jehovah. Jehovah, God, name for God. So when Jesus is talking here and he's referring to master, he's instantaneously referring to God as the master as compared to any other masters that you might pick on this earth. But then he boils it down to this example, and I'm so thankful that he did so he didn't beat around the bush. He goes, so let me get to the crux of it. You can't, you can't serve both of those masters. And serving is an act of obedience. Serving is to say, I recognize the mission of the master. I'm obedient to that, to that master. I will serve the mission of that master. I will do what that master wants me to do. He says, look, you can't serve both God and money. Then he uses some very strong language. He goes, let me give you an example. Like, here's what's going to happen. If you serve money, then you love it. This is what will take place. You'll have to eventually hate the other master. So if money becomes what you serve and what you're living for and what you're breathing for and what you're driving for is to get more and more, more success, more success, more dollars, more dollars, here's what will eventually happen. The God that you say you love, you will eventually start to hate. And you might say, well, I'd never say I hate God. Yeah, it might not come out of your mouth. But Jesus, he looks at the heart. He was more interested in what the heart does. And 
When Jesus says it, it's true. Eventually, you start hating the master God. He goes, look, let me give you another example. If you're devoted to one, you'll despise the other. Despise. And I guarantee nobody in this room today, online or in North Platte, wants to say, I have a label on my life. You know what it is? I despise God and I despise him as my master. Nobody wants that. But it will happen when we, when we devote ourselves to a different master. And over time, that takes place. So we're in Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders is our approach at figuring out how we can partner with God so that we can grow his kingdom while we have breath on this earth. And last week, we looked at how that's going to require a serious sacrifice. It's a serious sacrifice that we're going to have to give up of ourselves and of our resources to be a part of building God's kingdom and do something substantial. And we used an example of the pilgrims and how they, they made this incredible sacrifice. And if you want to hear more about that, it's a great history lesson as well. And it's in week one. You need to go there. But in week one, we ended with these two big critical questions right at the very end. And I said, look, we're going to keep coming back to these questions. And that's this. What are you willing to sacrifice to see one more person know Jesus? What are you willing to sacrifice, right, to see 10 more people know Jesus? What are you willing to sacrifice to see a town come to know Jesus in a country that you'll never go to? How much is a soul worth to you? That was the question. What are you willing to sacrifice? We're going to ask that question again today. Second question was this. Are you living in God's kingdom? Meaning I have a relationship with God. And for the majority of the time, it's just you consuming all the rewards and the benefits of having a relationship with God. Or can you confidently say with the evidence that no, I'm not just a consumer, but I'm a participant with the king in building his kingdom in the hearts of people. So you see, it's the latter that I want to see for you. I want to see you, yes, have a relationship with God that radically transforms your life. And I'm going to challenge all of us to make some level of sacrifice so we can be a participant with God and be able to call ourselves a kingdom builder. So if you haven't guessed it yet, today's topic is kingdom finances. Maybe even more specifically, your finances. So if you're like the average person right now, right, money can be a messy topic in church. In fact, if you're like the average person, as soon as I brought up money, then you started to cringe a little bit. And I apologize for that. I apologize, it, I apologize for it for one reason and one reason only. And that's because I can't control all spiritual leaders. But I know this, there have been some very, very poor, bad spiritual leaders who have used finances to manipulate people, have used money to bring guilt to people, have taken God's word and distorted it for what they wanted it to say for their own selfish, centered gain. And I can't control those people, but I know that that's out there. And so the instantaneously, when we say, we're going to talk about kingdom finances, we're going to talk about money, here's what the average person does. I'm building my wall. I'm building my wall. Right? No one else is going to pay for it. You're building it, right? You get it? And, and some of you just built it like that. It was amazing how quick it went up. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you just to, peek over the top of the wall with me for a minute, okay? Because uh, we can get some really warped ideas about finances, and they help us build the wall as well. Um, we have a warped idea that, you know, more money will make me more happy. 
More money make me more happy. Like when I say it, you, you think to yourself, that's ludicrous. However, wow, if I did have a few extra zeros, I'd be able to do this and do that and do that. Money in and of itself can bring a season of happiness, but it can't bring happiness here. I know a lot of rich people that aren't happy here, right? We've met a lot of people that are so-called, they've got it made, but there's no contentment here. There's no joy here. So that's what I mean by, can money buy you things? Yes, it can buy you things. Can it bring momentary like, times of happy? Yeah, but that's a different happy, right? It's a different, it's a different thing. It's not true godly joy. So more money does not make you more happy. In fact, take it back to the scripture we just looked at. If money can be your master and money is mastering you, then what happens if you get more money? This is not a trick question. You get more masters. You just become a slave to more and more and more and more things. So more money, especially if it's your master, definitely isn't going to make you happy. But I just want to make it clear. One of the things that I pray for this church is this, that God would, he would bless you in an abundance more than you can contain. And one of those areas is financially. Yeah. Just like God just pour out upon them, you know, incredible finances. But yet, be their master. Because I'm telling you, somebody who has a master that is Christ and it gets blessed with finances uses those finances to benefit the master. I want to see that for your life as well. So this is not a message where everybody has to be poor. It's a message where everybody needs to pick the right master. Okay? Here's another thing that we screw up a lot of times. We think that the tighter I hang on to my money, the more I'll, the more I'll have. But the tighter you hang on to anything, the quicker it dies. Like, go take all your money right now and put it underneath your mattress like people used to think, and then your house burns down and you got nothing. The tighter you hang on to it, the less you're going to have. The more you walk with your finances like this before God, the more joy you're going to have. And guess what? The more God puts in, so the more that you can be a part of his kingdom. Here's another one, though. The more I save in this life, the happier I'll be in the next life. Now, that sounds ludicrous, but there's a lot of people that are on an agenda right now to see how much they can gain in this life, thinking somehow, some way, they might be able to use it in the next life. Like the man who had a bunch of money and it was all in gold, and he was diagnosed, you know, with cancer, and he was going to die, and so he, 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 like, melts all of his gold down into two big bars, and then he sticks them in a briefcase, and he locks it up. Right? And then he writes a note to his family, hey, when I die, I want you to take the briefcase, I want you to handcuff it to my dead body. I want you to take the key and stick it in the pocket of my, gra my, my, my grave clothes. And so when he gets to heaven and he's walking up to the gate and St. Peter's there, right? He looks at him and he goes, sir, what's in the briefcase? He goes, oh, I've been wanting to show you this. And he opens it up and he shows him the two gold bars. And St. Peter goes, that's interesting. You brought pavement to heaven. <laughs> Streets made of gold. You brought pavement to heaven. See, even in that little joke, it just reminds you, doesn't it? That no matter how rich you get on this earth, you have, you're, you're not even richer than the, the few pieces of gold that are out in front of a mansion on the road of heaven. You can't take any of it with you. It's better to use it for God's purpose here because it's not going with you. Here's another one, though, that we warp our minds with, and that's this. Let me just come right out and just talk about this issue for a second. All the church wants is my money. That's a warped mentality of finances. 
All the church wants is my money. Now, anytime you have a statement like that, there's some truth behind it. And you know what? Those are the churches I cannot control, right? I, I can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand it. I don't know why they lead that way. But it seems like some churches, all they talk about is money, 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 money. It's definitely not who we are. We've talked about money every single week. Many of you didn't even know it. Every week we do in our announcements. In our announcements, just a person, someone that could be sitting next to you, sometimes it's people on our staff, have given you an opportunity to give your tithe and your offering to the Lord. We use specific language when we talk this way. It's not us taking it, it's you giving it. And then buckets are passed. It's not pastors standing at the end of the row watching who gives and who doesn't and checking off a box and deacons doing the same thing. It's just people in our church that are just giving us an opportunity to give. We gave you the online platform to give. And so many people, they use, that, they use that platform as well. And so all the church wants is my money. Look, let me just tell you what I want. I'm the leader. That means I'm supposed to set the vision. I'm supposed to set the culture. I'm supposed to set the agenda. I'm supposed to set the direction. I'm not a dictator, but I know, that I know what my role is. And that's the direction that we're supposed to go. And then I'm supposed to cascade that and empower it and give it away and let people lead it. I got it because I can't do everything. Right, but so what is it? What what do we have for the culture of giving here at our church? This is what I want you to know. I want you to know what God's word says about your money. More than anything, in an unadulterated fashion, I want you to be able to look at God's word and see it for what it really says, and go, "That's what God says about my money, not what Jeff says about my money, not what New Life says about my money, not what some other financial guy that's teaching says about my money." I want you to know more than anything, I want you to know what God's word says about your money. Is that fair? Okay, here's the second thing. I want you to honor God with your, with your money. But hear me, I want you to honor God with your money, comma, just like I want you to honor God with everything you have. Every week, every week we get up here and passionately preach a message from God's word about how you can honor God in a particular area of your life. So today, when I stop to focus on finances, please know this, it's just one area. It's not greater than or less than anything else. It's not equal, it's equal to, right? It's equal to everything else. So today we're talking about one area of your life where you, we need to honor God. So we gotta know what God's word says so that we can honor him. Thirdly, thirdly, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. If you know what God's word says and you honor him with it, then you position yourself under the creator of the universe to be blessed by him in his capacity, in his way, and in his timing, and in his fashion. I want that for you. Fourthly, I want you to have the same joy that I have when I give personally out of my finances, when I give personally on my finances to team up with God and to experience the joy of building his kingdom. I want those things for you. That's my heart, and that's where we're coming from today. But I know this, that there's four different groups of people in this room, spiritually speaking, because this is the four groups we see at New Life, all right? Some of you are in what's called the step stage. You've yet to commit your life to Christ, but you're searching after him, and you need to step over the line of faith out of man's world into God's kingdom and surrender to him. All right, and you're seekers. And I just want to say, you're welcome at New Life. Thank you so much for being here. Today's message, you're probably not going to agree with me. And that's okay. 
right? Because there's other sermons that I preach that you don't always agree with me. But you're searching for a different cause, right? You're searching for the cause of who is Jesus and should I surrender my life to him? Here's all I ask of you today. I ask you who have yet to commit your life to Christ just to search with me through God's word to see what it says. And if at the end you have a different opinion, I would more than be happy to engage you in some kind of interaction where we can have a conversation about it. Okay, I wanna help you. And there's others that are here that wanna help, help you process that as well. The walk stage, this is people that have just recently given their life to Christ. All right, you're gonna hear this message today and you're gonna go, I'm not practicing any of that. But there's gonna be something about it that excites you on the inside and it's gonna call you to a point of challenge. I want you to listen to that voice. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit trying to get your life lined up with God's word, honoring him so that you can walk in the blessing and experience the joy of giving, just like I do. The next stage are those, what we call them the run stage. They're beyond the new believer. They've got a foundation kind of built underneath them and they're, they're pursuing God with a passion, right? You hear this message today, here's what you should be able to say in the run stage. You should be able to say, I'm living the message Jeff preached. I'm living the message that God put in his word. And if you're not living the message like we're gonna lay out today, then you gotta get your life adjusted because you're not gonna grow spiritually beyond where you're at until you do. And then can I just say this, you know, with, with um, compassion, but yet with a boldness. Those in the last stage, what we call the give it all stage, okay? The give it all stage is this attitude of like, everything is God's, it all belongs to him. What do you want me to do with it, God? You guys should be able to preach this message before I ever preach it. And if you can't preach this message before I preach it, you're not in the give it all stage. And you might think that you're farther along in your relationship with God than what you actually are. So today, there's something for every person that's here. If, you're in the, if you, like, you think you're in that give it all stage, but yet you, can, you couldn't share this, then you better be taking some notes so that you can get it here so that you can walk it out in a greater capacity because I need you to be helping others in their journey come along and understand what God's word says about what it means to honor him, amen? So I need your help with that. So I got it, let's jump into this. First and foremost, a kingdom builder recognizes that 100% of what they have belongs to God. It came from God and it belongs to God. That's a kingdom builder. A kingdom builder minded person recognizes that nothing that I have did I gain on my own, it all came from him, and nothing do I have do I own on my own. It's a humbling statement to say it all belongs to God. Psalms 24 says this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all of its people belong to him. The earth is the Lord's, guys. And how much, how much of it belongs to him? All of it. Everything. It was his before you ever walked on this earth, by the way. Right? So don't get prideful. It's his now, even while you're breathing on this earth. He just allows your hands to get in the mix of it. And it's going to be his when you and me are long gone in the grave. It's always been because everything belongs to him. And the faster that we come to the conclusion that it all came from him and it belongs to him, guess what happens to our heart? Our heart now can line up with God. But when we say, I did it, I did this, I did that, that's mine, this is mine, that, that becomes your master, and you'll end up hating God. You'll end up despising him. So which master are you gonna follow? Second, secondly, a kingdom builder recognizes that God asks us to worship him with 10%, but watch this, 
but also to manage the 90% with wisdom and generosity. Wisdom and generosity. So we, we worship God with the 10, but out of this 90% that's left over, guess what? God still expects us to be generous with that. And God laid out this tithe concept, this 10% early on in the Bible, and we kind of refer to it as the first fruits concept. Here's what I, here's what I mean by that. Look at what God taught us in Exodus. Exodus chapter 23. He goes, look, as you harvest your crops, bring the, say the very best. The very best best of the first, right, harvest to the house of the Lord your God. Now, look, leave that scripture up for a minute. Let's just dissect this here just for a second. Here's what God says. I want you to bring the best of the first, the best of the first, Okay, you, you get the importance there. It's not, it's not the average of the second. It's the best, the part you go, I want to hang on to that. Like that's the most pure. Like this is, this is what people desire. I want you to bring that piece of the first harvest, not later on, not after you're secured, not after you got all your bills paid, not after you have everything planned out, not after you have enough money for retirement. First, before you do any of that, the first, I want you to bring the best of the first, and then he says, I got a place I want you to bring it. Where does he want you to bring it? House of the Lord. What do you think the house of the Lord is? The house of the Lord is the same house of the Lord that it is today, that it was then. It is the place where people come to worship, and it's the place where people come to sacrifice. That's what we're doing right now. The house of the Lord is where we are at. It's a place we come to worship together. And did you realize that every week when you give online or the bucket is passed and we give to the Lord, did you realize that we are making a sacrifice? Right there. Every week, we come to worship in the house of the Lord. And God says, I want you to bring the best of the first. So that should warrant a question in your mind right now. Every single one of you should be asking the exact same question. The best of the first. How much of the best of the first? How much? Because he didn't define it right there, did he? How much of the best of the first? Well, go to Leviticus chapter 27. And this is what he says. He goes, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from your fields or fruit from your trees belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Bring the best of the first. Bring the 10% out of whatever it is that is your, your gain and your economy. For us today, it's a check. It gets deposited into our bank account. Right? Some of us, we farm. Okay, so we've got the grain. Some of us, it could have been, go pick the fruit off the tree, right? Back in those days, that's what it was. But for us today, it operates differently. We have a currency. Bring the best of the first. Bring the 10% and make it holy. How do you make it holy? You bring it into the house of the Lord. That's how it becomes holy. It's God's first. We bring the 10%. We worship him with obedience. And that 10% helps us to honor God, to recognize it all came from you, and it all belonged to you. So before some of you are thinking, You know, when you come to your conclusion, well, that was Old Testament. That's not the way we live now. We live under grace today. Jesus gave his life on the cross. Before you come to that conclusion, you might want to listen to what Jesus has to say about tithing in Matthew chapter 23. When he's speaking to some religious leaders, he says, For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. You got, you have a hundred, you know, little mustard seeds and you're giving the tithe, the 10%. But he says, but you ignore the more important aspect of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now, listen carefully. Then Jesus goes on and he says, you should tithe, yes, 
but do not neglect the more important things. Basically, here's what Jesus is saying in modern day language. He goes, you should give the tithe, duh. But don't think, don't think that because you give the tithe, duh, like, it, like all of us should know that already. Don't think that just because you do that, you can get away with living however you want. Don't think that you can give your tithe and that is the only thing that you're going to do to please God. He goes, no, don't ever forget that you have to live the justice and the mercy and the love. Don't forget that. But duh, everybody should tithe. That's how he was driving it home. So I want to help you. I want to help you really observe what it is. What's the tithe really look like in our economy here? And so I'm going to ask my friends that are the worship team. Right, they're going to also be my stagehands and uh, worship team. Come on out here, come on out here, guys. Let's uh, let's move that right there. Um, yeah, bring me. Okay, the first items. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. Electric guitar player. Awesome. Be careful with those fingers. We wanna we want you to play more worship. Okay. <laughs> we brought some very important items out here first. Uh, Ten hockey pucks. Uh, because you know life revolves around hockey. Okay, so we got we got nine of them. This is God's. We give God one of them, right? That would be, that would be a tenth. We got water. Like, we got to live on water, right? So let's say we got paid in water. So we've got our, we got our ten jugs. We give, God, we give God one of those jugs, right? And so then here's our nine. We, we get to live on. We get to manage. And we get to figure out how to be generous with those things. And here's what we're giving to God over here. Oh, and then we got backpacks. Yeah, let's just put those backpacks on here, man. All right, so we got backpacks that represent our education. If we got paid in backpacks, we would give the best of the first. Honey, is this the best of the first? Okay, the best, <laughs> the best of the first, and we give it to God, okay? And then, okay, then we get some shoes, all right? Let's say we got paid in shoes, which would be very weird economy, um, kind of stinky. I don't want to even build out a fish. But let's say we got shoes, then we would give the best of the first. Okay, the best of the first. Best of the first, we give it over there. Then we got these books, right? If we got paid in books, which, man, I got some friends that would love to be paid in books, right? And uh, we take the best of the first. Um, there's no Bible in here. So let's use this one, the five, the five dysfunctions of a team, okay? If you haven't read this book, it's a good one. We give the best of the first to God, coffee. Oh, let's keep it all to ourselves. <laughs> okay, no, let's, we'll give, it, we'll give it to God. We'll give it to God. So, we're going to give God, we got 10 coffees. So if we got paid in coffee, who would like to get paid in coffee, by the way? Wouldn't it be a simpler world if you just got paid in coffee? So we give God, we give God one. Oh, Chinese takeout. Yes, of course. So Chinese takeout, if that's how we got paid, right, which would be a very weird world, but maybe we'd also eat like cantaloupe Kit Kats, then we would, we would, put, um, we would put one of them over here with God, Okay. Uh, stuff is just not going to stay on here, is it? Because there's an abundance of what God is blessing us with so much that it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy what God does. Coats? Yeah, give me some of these coats. What, what kind of coat? We want a good one. We want a good one. Camouflage? No. Um, North Face? Yes. All right, we'll take that one. North Face. We're going to put the rest of these coats just right up here. All right, just stack them on because we got paid in coats today. All right, we're in the coat business and uh, we got paid in coats. So we gave God one of the coats. All right, that belongs to God. Put the coffee out there so you can kind of see everything. All right, what else do we got? Oh, footballs because, man, you can't, you know, people, people in Nebraska want to get paid in footballs. And we'll give God one of the, but we got, we got stuff falling off of our table because we have too much. But we're going to give God one of the best footballs that we have. We're going to give that to God. Um, is this thing over yet? 
Okay, food, right. Let's say we got paid in food. Guys, this, that, that'll never fit up there. So just put it all here. Um, and this is God's because it's one out of 10. And now you're starting to get a really, really, really good picture of what your life looks like. Out of everything that God blesses you with, God goes, just worship me with a tenth. Out of it all. Worship me with a tenth. Seems a bit ludicrous right now that we wouldn't do that. I think that's the reason why Jesus was kind of like, well, duh. That's what you do because it all came from God. And it all belongs to God. It was his. How could you ever think that you blessed yourself with everything that you have? It'd be like a father who takes his son to McDonald's and buys him some french fries, gets him all set up to eat the french fries, and as the son's eating the french fries, the father reaches in, right, for dad tax, <laughs> takes a french fry, and the kid looks at the dad and says, hey, go buy your own fries. <laughs> now, at my table, that's when I just smile at my son and I reach over and I just take all the fries then. <laughs> I will go buy your own. How quickly we forget who really blessed us. How quickly we forget. There's an abundance. The tithe, the tithe is worship. What are you going to do with the 90%? That's, what I'm, that's really what I wanted to talk to you today about. Yeah, I, got, I had to communicate the tithe so I could get you over here and I could say, with all this abundance, what do you want to sacrifice to be a part of God's kingdom? This is, this is what we give him the best of the first. Now that you're hanging on to all the rest, what are you going to do? That's what Kingdom Builders is. Kingdom Builders is our new missions initiative. Where since 1954, when New Life Church was birthed and planted in this community, we've given millions of dollars to missionaries, missions projects. We've sent missions teams, global outreach teams, we call them, around the world. We've given to feed starving children. We've given to put Bibles in the hands of those that are in China. Uh, we put Bibles in the hands of those who are in prison. Um, we, we are funding church plants. We have planted churches around the world. We plan on planting more churches of our own so that more communities can have a life-giving church, just like the one you're sitting in today. I mean, we have all these things that we've done, and the list goes on and on and on and on that I don't even have time to tell you about. Just We've given millions of dollars I was a missions pastor at one point. I think I remember us getting somewhere around the $200,000 mark in one year that our church invested into building God's kingdom. But we've got a crazier goal than that in 2019. We're trusting God for $382,000 that we could give and use to reach more people for Jesus, disciple more hearts, and to do more work in advancing God's kingdom. It's an audacious goal, but let me tell you where it gets crazier. Here's where it gets crazier. I wanted to teach you about tithing so that you can practice this if you're not. But if you are, I'm asking you to join me and be a kingdom builder or do both and figure out how you can call yourself a kingdom builder and be a part of what God's doing. It is amazing. It will change your life when God becomes the master of it all. It will change your life. So here's how I want to help you. On the back of your bulletin, there's a simple little card on the back. If, you, if you've never tithed, okay, or you haven't tithed for a long time, we're rolling out again what we call the tithe challenge. So right now, this table's empty in your life. 
I want to help you start honoring God because that's part of what I'm supposed to do, to help you know God's word and to honor him. Here's how I can help you do that. If you'll fill this card out, then I'll send you an email so that you can go on our, on our, our website and you can look over the tithe challenge agreement and click I agree. And then we're, we're going to challenge you to start tithing for the very first time or first time in a long time for the, on the first Sunday of February for 90 days. If you tithe for 90 days, and at the end of those 90 days, you don't feel more joy, you don't sense that you're more teamed up with God, you're not finding an incredible peace about building God's kingdom, like something internally isn't changing inside of you, then, all, then you can actually ask our accountant, Rihanna, you can just send her an email and tell her, look, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to have all my tithe back. And we will write you a check for every single dime and penny that you gave in those 90 days. That's because I want to teach you God's word and I want to help you honor God's word. So a 90-day tithe challenge. You'd fill out this card, put it in the offering in the next couple of weeks or drop it off at one of our green tables. The other thing I'm wanting to do for you today is I want to put in your hands for the very first time our 2019 Kingdom um, Builders Goal Book. Now, here's what that means. As a leadership team, we already determined God, if you give us $382,000 in this book, it defines for you where we're going to give it away. It's already in here with amounts and everything, right? So if you want straight up transparent integrity when it comes to our communication, we're already telling you where we're going to give it. So if you team up with us and team up with God to be a kingdom builder, we're going to do something fantastic. We're going to do something incredible, actually. We're going to do something that we've never done before at this church. We're going to make history by investing $382,000 into advancing God's kingdom around the world. And we have a commitment card that you're going to get with it. Um, so you're going to get that stuff as you leave our auditorium here at Kearney and at North Platte. And uh, I want you to pray about it. I want you to read every single word that's in this book. It's not very big, okay? And it's got a lot of colorful pictures that take up a lot of space. There might even be a pop-up or something like that. So... Um, it's easy read, check it out, take a look at our commitment card and start praying because the last Sunday of this month, I'm going to ask you, do you want to be a kingdom builder with us? Do you want to advance God's kingdom around the world? Right, starting in Kearney, North Platte, Nebraska, the United States and around the world. And this is when we're going to turn those in the last Sunday of the month. You're going to get all that stuff when, um, when we dismiss in just a minute. So I'm going to ask the worship team if those guys... And gals would come back out and help me just take this ludicrous illustration back off the stage. It's a lot, though, we're blessed with, right? We're blessed with a lot. Here's what I'd like you to do during that time. I'd like you just to stand with me. And um, when you stand, I just want to invite you to do something, okay? As soon as you get situated, I just want you to just bow your head, close your eyes, or just close your eyes. I just want you to... Focus in on something. If you're, if you're not a tither, okay, you're not following what God said, bring the best of the first, and what Jesus drove home when he said, yeah, tithing, duh, man, we should all do it. That's your first step, and your, your prayer right now should be this. God, that seems a bit daunting. It sounds a little scary. When I work it out math-wise on my on a piece of paper, it may not even make sense, but Lord, would you give me faith to trust what you say? That should be your prayer. Give me faith to trust what you say, God. For the rest of you that are here today, right, like you, you give God, you give God like I do, the tithe. 
God's asking another question of us. He's asking, like, you want to team up with me to do something that is going to transform the world? You want to team up with me to do something that's going to bring amazing joy to your life? Be a kingdom builder. And out of that incredible surplus of the 90%, you should be asking God, Lord, out of that 90%, what part are you asking for? Where's this, what part are you asking me to sacrifice? The tithe is the worship. This other thing I'm talking about is a sacrifice. Okay? What do you want me to do, God? How can I partner with you? And then we should all be saying, God, I recognize your word is true, and I want to honor you. Right? I want to honor you. So, Lord, show me the direction we should go. If you're a couple and you're praying right now, you should be asking, God, confirm these kind of thoughts with my spouse. Let me pray for you. Father, we take these last seconds that we have together, um, and I just pray a blessing over this church. I pray you would, you would bless them with a faith to trust what you say. You, you would bless them with a joy as they experience the truth and the power of what you say. Lord, I ask that you would speak to the, the core of their heart through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, because obviously what we talked about today, the tithe that belongs to you, gets brought into the storehouse. Uh, but this kingdom builders thing is something where, God, we just want to figure out how to give it away and invest it where you're telling us to invest it so that the lost can come to know you. God, I believe every single person in here wants to be a part of that. Lord, help us to get beyond our unbelief. Help us to get beyond, you know, just what we're sensing and feeling just in our flesh. Help us to listen to our spirit and follow you and be obedient to you and to your ways. Lord, I pray that over this congregation. May this time of worship be something unique and special. In Jesus' name, amen.